1: Welcome to the Stranded Phase Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hurley. You guys, today is a special day. I feel like um, I'm really bringing us back to the purpose of the Stranded Phase Podcast, the reason why I started this podcast. And it was really to introduce to you amazing phenomenal people, not just entrepreneurs, not just business women, but just people at their core and soul just blow me away and have blazed a successful path. And at some point in their life had to dare greatly because their life didn't look like this now. Any successful person I've met typically has some crazy story of adversity. And I've always firmly believed that it is just God's way of preparing you for the best version of you that's on the other side. And the person I'm bringing to you today, y'all, I can't Words can't express the story you're about to hear, but I just ask you to open your ears, open your mind, and understand that whatever you're going through right now, there are amazing things coming. I just... You're going to be blown away by today's guest and her amazing story, her amazing comeback story. It's worth every second. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my amazing guest, Felicia Lecaye.
2: Perfect. You
1: said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Listen, <Wasn't> it great? <laughs> listen so we're actually doing this interview in person I do a few of these so I'm excited and there's tears in your eyes I get told all the time I'm like one of the best hype men ever when I introduce people it's so
2: true (laughs) yeah super emotional I'm excited to be here I'm excited to uh to spread the word and the love and inspire other women that's that's my biggest thing is inspiring you are
1: inspiring and people need to hear this story so (laughs) I gotta hype her up for a second, y'all, because Felicia is the owner of Hemingway's, one of uh, Tampa's hottest Cuban restaurants right now, located in Armature Works, which is one of the hottest locations in Tampa right now, yes. to come and eat. Well, you come here on a Monday, a Sunday, or a Wednesday <laughs> at noon, this place is booming just broke ground last year you said you broke ground february 1st yeah so this place has been open less than a year and you guys are doing numbers yeah
2: serious numbers yeah
1: congratulations thank
2: you i'm (laughs) blessed i'm really blessed yeah
1: so super young how old are you
2: 38 38 super young (laughs) tell me a little bit about how hemingway's came about hemingway's came about when i used to work at samba room i was the executive chef and there was this gentleman who came in later on who was a partner. Unfortunately, it closed. But later on in life, I had a meal prep service. And just for shits and giggles, I was like, you know what? I'm going to call and see. I didn't have any money. You know, I just kind of was wondering about what it, you know, what it was about. So I called him. I had his number. He loved, always loved my food. He was always in love with what we did at Samba Room because it was all my recipes. Mm. And he was like, hey, you know, I have this project coming up. How about you do a cuban restaurant and i was like you know what i can do that he's like look i don't want to get you know personally involved with anybody in here since i own the building but i will set you up with somebody who i think will be interested i was like okay i was a little hesitant because i already had been jaded you know before a couple times with some other investors but i was like you know what this is the third time third time's a charm You know, I was smarter and wiser at this time. So I had, I was a lot more knowledgeable, Mm -hmm. but I was blessed. So I met these two gentlemen, they introduced me to John and Bowen, who are developers in Tampa. And we sat down, we had a meeting. They asked me my background and they're like, okay, how about you come and cook for us? And I was like, all right, I can do this. So on a Sunday I cooked for the four of them for themselves and their wives. And I made black beans and I made rice and I made palomia steak. I think I made tres leche, I made some other dishes. And they fell in love Ooh. it was like yeah yeah and they're like oh my god this is amazing and literally like three weeks later three or four weeks later a contract was already drawn up so like, did they tell you that day where they like we're in love it's yours no or did they make you wait they made me wait okay so it was very i was very anxious to find out but i was praying on it a lot and they were like you know what we're gonna go forward with this. and i was like oh thank you jesus this is it <laughs> And so finally, uh, we, we signed our contracts in October or September, I believe it was September. And then October, we started breaking ground at Hemingway's. I mean, it was like like dirt. I had pictures. It was nothing. Nothing what it looks like now. Well, the whole entire place was. Did like you now.
1: have the vision that they had? No,
2: I had. Well, they kind of had a vision. My partners did. But I mean, it was different. I told them. They, they had somebody who, were, who designed it for me. And I was like, look, you know, with all due respect, this is not me. I need somebody who knows my vision and who kind of sees it has to reflect the food. Right. And it has to reflect my personality. Right. And this is nothing like it. And right. they were like, hey, we're cool with it. Go ahead. They're like, do you have somebody in mind? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's where Leanne Powers, who I met when I was in a meal prep service, when I was executive chef at the first one, she, I was introduced to her and she was a uh, designer from New York. Okay. She moved down and talk about badass. She Oh my gosh. I love that woman. <laughs> I do. And she saw my vision and she... We did it once and that was it. And I was like, this is it. Wow. And that's how Hemingway's came about. Wow. They're all my recipes. I worked like the first seven, eight months every day, trained by whole entire staff. And... Where'd you find your staff? Well, I've been in the I have been in the business for about twenty years. So right. you know, word of mouth and just having really good contacts with people. And most of my staff have been there since day one. A year now, even my front of the house staff. Since they since you broke ground, mm-hmm. they're they're all still here a year later. Yeah. So
1: hold on, because I just want to point out something that you said. Your dreams since a little girl. We'll talk about this later. You've always wanted to cook. Yeah. You go from cooking to multiple cooking jobs to eventually executive chef. Yep. I would assume. I'm no cook by zero means, (laughs) but I would assume as a cook, eventually you want to open your own restaurant, right? You probably dreamt of that for a while. And you're telling me it took 20 something years in the business for you to get there. I just want people to hear that because I think we're living in such a culture right now of, I want it, I'm going to work at it for six months, (laughs) and then, well, where's my restaurant?
2: (laughs) Nope. Nope. It takes a lot. I mean, you have to create a culture, especially in the restaurant business. You got to create culture in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. and you have to create the respect the being humble you know the kitchen has evolved so much from what people think it used to be from you know the angry chefs at throwing plates and cursing and you know all that no it's totally different you have to have your team respect you in order for them to see your vision because if not they're not going to believe in your food they're not going to sell your food and they're not going to sell the vision and it's like a package yeah and oh my god they kill
1: it they kill it and the investor that Connected you with your partners was someone that you knew from two three jobs ago that you built a relationship with yep Which is so crazy because people you might somebody listening to this might be in a job right now that they had think has Nothing
2: to do with their dream or their vision and you never know
1: you never know
2: and that restaurant closed in seven months And I was like what the hell before before even this you know what I mean in that space in between and then I was like God already had a plan like he, he put
1: you there to introduce you to somebody on purpose. That ten years later was gonna give you Hemingway's. Yeah. Hemingway.
2: That's so crazy. It is crazy. And how did you know to call him? So you say one day you pick up the phone to call him because I was supposed to be involved in another food hall mm. um, that opened up and things didn't go right. And a little voice told me call, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna call and then my grandmother always used to say always she's like you're gonna have a restaurant you're gonna have a restaurant you see you see and i'm like abuela okay (laughs) and then it happened yeah wow It happened what a blessing a super blessing a super blessing so you know i totally believe things happen for a reason so let's just go over this one more time
1: <laughs> I, I just need everyone listening to clap for this girl because 38, one of the hottest Cuban restaurants in Tampa right now, and one of the hottest locations in Tampa, literally overlooking the river walk over here. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, living the life of your dreams. I can't, every time you talk about it, you're smiling. Yes. But you and I have gotten to know each other over the last couple of days. Yeah. I know a lot about your story. Yes. Yeah. And what I want people listening to really know is that this someone would think with Hemingway's you you know this investor called you handed you over a contract you've had a silver spoon in your mouth your entire life like you were always this successful professional cook and it just took a little time and a little effort but from what I know about you this was not always your life
2: was it no it was not always my life I went through a, I had to fall and be broken before being rebuilt until mm. where I am now so the falling part was probably what I look at now in the sense of my best years because wow. it was a struggle. You know, I am a mother of three boys. And I went from not having anywhere to live, living in a hotel with the boys. And when I didn't have the boys, sleeping in my car with my boyfriend.
1: Under your car?
2: In my car. Oh in it. Okay. In my <clears throat> car. No, not under I'm like, under it? That's a skill. <laughs> <laughs> living in the car. I mean it was a short I had I it wasn't stable. I would live with some friends because things at home were really toxic, you know, with my mom and their relationship, unfortunately. So here I am trying to find stability, trying to find peace. That's what I always wanted. I prayed for peace and it was just all over the place. And, but it was God preparing me for what was coming. I mean, it was, it was tough. It was tough because when I got divorced, I had a little bit of, I questioned my faith
1: absolutely
2: you know because I was like oh my god I lost my house I lost my husband because I didn't see it coming
1: right you were just living life and he asked yeah. for a divorce yeah
2: you know I was in the height of my career I had left Roy's because they had offered me an executive chef position I had been there for 10 years and I was like I needed something more I needed to challenge myself and he didn't like that and I was like oh no you know and here I am and then I lost my house had to move back in with my mom Here I have three kids in and out of my mom's house because I was being toxic. And then in between trying to find myself, trying to be a mom, trying to put food on the table and try and then still (laughs) see the the light Light in in the the tunnel tunnel. and be like, you know, I got this shit and like, I have to, I'm not going back. I don't want to be someone who's asking for money. I don't want to see my kids see me, you know, like be unsuccessful and, be in this rut all the time. This is not who I was built to be. This is not who I am. I have a skill. I mean, as a chef, I learned how to be a pastry chef. I learned how to rock it on the grill. I used to run circles around those boys. And I was almost, most of the time, the only female in that kitchen at Royce. So I was like, I gotta get my shit together. I gotta do this. I have no other choice. Like, I really, really, really need to do this. So that was my inspiration of just hitting rock bottom And wanting to create a life for myself, a life of peace, a life of tranquility, a life, I mean, because things, you know, things can get bumpy Mm -hmm. and that's okay because now I know how to handle it better. Right. Now I know how to compose myself better. Right. Now I have a choice of who I allow in my circle, a choice if now I know if you're toxic, even though it's family and I love you, but I don't have to accept the fact that you want to make my life a living hell. Right. I'm sorry. Like, I love you, but I love you from a distance.
1: So they say that some of the strongest people that can create a life out of nothing is because they've got like ten triggers within. So every they basically say you put everybody on a platform and everyone's just about the same. They just have these ten different triggers that motivate them or push them or why's their why is more significant right and when I know I hear your story I know that um, when you talk about peace and tranquility and wanting a life for yourself it was because your why your need for peace was much bigger than most people's what was your why what was that push that majority of your life you knew you needed peace
2: because I lived in this vicious cycle that needed to be broken. Coming from, so my mom was being abused as a child and it kind of like transferred over and I was abused by my stepfather right. and I was molested. Right. Um, before that I was molested by his cousin. So I was nine hearing him 13 being molested by him, I was raped by him. So it was something that I didn't want to continue because it will continue. If you don't break that cycle because you see you're living in it and you kind of just subconsciously just don't even see it sometimes you know what I mean you don't or you don't want to see it right or you live in denial right I was like that's not gonna be me because I'm not gonna put the same shit through my kids through the same thing there's just no way there's just no way and not that I have any remorse or any hard feelings for my mom bless her heart because she went through some tough shit she really did from being little to being you know raised up my grandmother was a prostitute her being abused her being a maid her living in a house where she was abused from the age of nine to 18. oh my god by my grandfather and then my grandmother denying it so it was and she did the same thing right she did the same thing right and i'm living it and then and I was, I kind of almost felt like, well, like she was Jesus. taught to believe a man. Yeah. And I, not only that, but I felt like I was like Jesus, because he made her believe that I was lying about this. So I was being treated differently. And I was,
1: you were being crucified I for was the being truth,
2: crucified for the truth, right? Yeah. And I was like, I'm not. Mm-mm.
1: So at what age? Okay, so the, I, I think you and I talked about this before, what you, you basically lived in pure hell. Yeah. Pure hell. But, and and you've got all this craziness, nothing feels normal, you're struggling with what love really feels like, but the thing that was consistent your entire life was my the gosh. dream to cook. Look, yeah. you're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there's, there's things that when we talk about you instantly smile, it's cooking and your yeah. boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. And my kids. Yeah, yeah. and your kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but from, from when you're little, cooking is the passion. Yeah. So at what age... You're going through all of this with your family. Um, at what age were you like, I'm going to use this tool to get away?
2: I was 20. I was 20. Um, that's when I finally had broken the silence into my mom. I was 20 and I was like, you know what? I mean, and during college, I, I went to school and I and I worked in a, in a restaurant, in a hotel. And that was my escape. Um,
1: that was your safe haven. That's that how you got away.
2: Yep, that's how I got away. And then um, I got married really early and I was uh, 22. Wow. Um, that's unheard of now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes, and it lasted for 10 years. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, and not knowingly, I married somebody, sort of, what my mom was married to. You know, because it was a narcissistic liar, and it was a pattern. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this till afterwards because I was just so in love at that time and just blinded. I didn't see... I never saw the signs right. of him being that way and being controlling. He never hit me, but the mental abuse was yeah,
1: definitely there. The persuasion. And oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. crazy because I bet during that time you were working so hard oh. to not be like your mother yeah. that you were not cautious of who you were falling yeah. in love with.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was becoming that. So you escape by cooking, um, going away to a, a culinary school. Mm-hmm. In Miami. Yeah, In Miami. You meet your ex-husband. Here in Tampa. In Tampa. So yep. you move back to Tampa. You meet mm-hmm. your ex-husband. Yes. And you are married for 10 years. Yeah. And then you fast forward to...
2: This crazy divorce that he asked for um, yeah. after you have how many children? We had two children, so I already had Dominic. My firstborn was already um, Dominic was my firstborn. He was out of a relationship mm-hmm. um, that lasted like six months. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> <offense>. <laughs> yeah, no, it was the best thing ever because he really grounded me. Right, you know what I mean? He was the one that was like, okay, like you're you're here at Roy's, make the best out of it, and I did. And then I met my ex husband at Roy's, and then we were married for 10 years and then I had my two little ones who are now 11 and 12 so and so during all this time you're trying to mend your relationship with your mother yes I was trying to mend the relationship with my mom um, cause she didn't take the news very well she um tried to commit suicide um she had an idea I just think that she lived in denial because of the fact that it happened and she didn't stop it And I think that would have really have fucked her up mentally. It's a hard pill to swallow. It is a hard pill to swallow. But um, he was very manipulating. You know, he used to beat my mom. He used to make her bleed. He used to, I remember seeing bruises. He would threaten my mom with a gun. He threatened my brother with a gun. He threatened me with a gun. So it was like, it was living under, it was really hell. It was really hell. And there was always an argument. He would throw a bottle in my sister's face if she didn't want to have the, her milk. And my mom was carrying her. I remember seeing, and not only that, but other people would see this too. And my mom would deny it. Even though people were witnessing see it. it. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. That's how manipulated she was. And that's how much she wanted to be loved, but loved the wrong way. Right. It was like she was a drug addict and he was her drug
1: but, but based on what you told me about the way that she was raised, I mean, she would have no idea, n- no no concept no. of what love, real love would be like. No, never did. And it's not to say that this justifies the decisions,
2: the poor decisions she made, but you could see where. Yeah. And I never, I'm, I was never angry at her. Right. I always forgave my mom. Right. You know what I mean? I just wanted to have a relationship with my mother. Mm -hmm. that's all I wanted I wanted to have my mom you know what I mean I wanted her to be a grandma and I wanted her to see me succeed and I wanted her to to see all these things and instead her still being married with him it was allowed you guys or you guys never had a relationship never had a relationship every time we got close it bothered him and she would be this different person she would turn into this like angry bitter person and then it'd be a problem with me or it would be a problem with watching my kids or any little thing and
1: because you two him and you in the same vicinity was just always causing an uproar Mm -hmm. rightfully so Mm -hmm. so let me go back to 20 for a second because i remember you said you broke the silence you tell your mom she doesn't handle
2: it well but didn't they separate for a little while after that? They separated for a little while. Um, at that time, I was I was pregnant with Dominic. I came back to ta- or I was already in Tampa. I was working at Roy's, so I had Dominic, and he comes back and shows up on the doorstep, and my mom was like, "Hey, he's here. I can't leave him out in the street." So, and I basically told her verbatim, "Well, it's either me or him," and she's like, "Well, I can't leave him out in the street." I'm like, "So that's your decision." So she didn't kind of like, you know what I mean? She didn't say yes, but she told me, yeah, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I grabbed my baby, and luckily my grandmother lived like four blocks away. So I grabbed my, my baby boy and whatever I could fit in my car, and I moved to my grandmother's house. And she helped me watch Dominic while I worked at Roy's because I worked nights. And I would she would watch him for me at nighttime. And then, so how did
1: your grandmother feel about this relationship your mother had?
2: Oh, she knew about it, dude. Like, ever since my mom met him, nobody accepted him in the family. Right. And that should have been a sign. Right. Like, no joke. But he was a coke dealer. He was no good. He didn't, you know, my, it's those people, who, or you know how people tell you, um, tell me who you are by who you hang out with? hmm Very true. All garbage. All garbage. All garbage. He would boast about how he would rob and how he would do harm to others, and he left one guy in a wheelchair and all this other stuff, and And my mom accepted it. She accepted it.
1: And of all this, what makes the situation even weirder is that that is your sister's father. That's my sister's dad, yeah. So that kind of makes the situation where it's something you you know you have to tolerate forever.
2: Yeah. Yes and no. Right. You know what I mean? Tolerate because it's my sister. But no, because he's not my dad, so I don't have to see him. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, um, as kind of weird as it may seem, but I forgave him because I had to... I couldn't hold that anger inside of me because that was holding me back. That was holding me back, have, being angry.
1: That was going to be my question for you. Was yeah. Because just hearing this, because it, it, it sounds like for so long, for the first, God, I would say 20 years of your life, he kind of haunted you. Yeah. And 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 he and it's not haunted you from afar, haunted you up close. Yeah. Never let this out of his sight. No. Nope. This went on for years and years and years. Even in
2: college. And that's when he threatened. Like, he went after me with a gun. I ran away. And that's when I got in my car and I came back. So he followed you to Miami? Yeah. To threaten you yep,
1: out of fear that you might tell someone what happened. Or. Yep. Yep. And he moved down there, didn't he, he? moved down there, yep. To kind of keep an eye on you. Yep. So your stepfather lived in the city you were in that was not home with yep. his wife yep. to
2: ensure to keep an eye on you. Yeah. And your mother, mother thought that was okay. Yeah, because she didn't know. I didn't tell her. And I wanted to get away because I wanted to get away from him. And I wanted to get away from the house. You know, and I was okay. So for years you suppressed this. Yes. This you were the only person that knew this. Yep. Yeah.
1: And so then he moves to Miami to follow you. He stays mm-hmm. there. You run away from him. Yep. And move back to Tampa. You. Yep. And that's when you tell your mother and break mm-hmm. the silence. Yeah. And then she tries to commit suicide. Yep. And then she tries to, she overdosed on pills. hmm. Thank goodness she survives that. You
2: guys start to she rebuild did. your relationship for a little while. For a little while and And that's when he shows back up he shows back up manipulates her and talks to her every day and tells her that i was a liar and that i was the one who was provoking everything and then i was doing or i was basically i was at fault it was me i have to
1: ask you something when i think about something like you said like a crazy example with the jesus thing but i can't imagine what that would do to a person's confidence for years and years and years of you telling the truth and someone telling your mother that you're constantly lying. Like, you're telling the truth, but someone's like, no, that's not the truth. And everyone believes them and not you.
2: Like, what did that do to you? Oh, it made me second-guess myself sometimes. Never trust your... No. I mean, it was hard. It was hard. I'm like, A, who do I trust? Mm -hmm. I can't even trust my own mom. Right. B, I mean... I'm, I'm not lying. Like, why, why would I lie about something like this? And, and little did I know all the other things that were going. I remember, like, bits and pieces of her being abused, but it was never confirmed because I was, I was like, six, seven years old. And it probably stopped, like, when I, when I was, like, around 11, 12. But it wasn't confirmed until after she passed because a lot of people came forward. Even when I opened up the restaurant, And I'm like, oh, my God, you're Leticia's daughter. Oh, my God. You know, um, I loved your mother, but we couldn't be around him. He was, you know, he was this or he was anger. He was abusive. And then when my mom passed, her best friend, she told me, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't be telling you this. But when you were 11 years old, he was rubbing lotion all over you. And I told your mother, hey, you better be careful with him because, you know, me having a daughter, I would never allow that. And my mom was like, "Oh no no no! He loves her like her own daughter." And then two years later, this happens. And she even told me, um, "Hey," and I was like, "So it was so it was true. He did hit my mom. He used to hit my mom and make and make her bleed." He was like, "She was like, yeah. Um, do you remember that day we went for a walk?" And I'm like, "Yes, I remember that day. I remember that day because I saw blood on the ceiling, and she had a huge bruise all over her arm, and her face was all fucked up. Yeah." And then she disappeared. And my mom was by herself, never had any friends. She lived in a hole, like in a, and she lived enclosed in her own home, basically like a prisoner. Did she ever work? She worked at the beginning, but he would um, show up at her job and pitch a fit, put on a show and make her quit because that's. he manipulated my mom and wanted her he wanted to have complete control over her I mean Mm -hmm. my mom was this oh my god she was gorgeous Mm -hmm. like gorgeous like five pictures of her. built like a brick house I mean she always used to go out she used to go out to Malio's you know she would like hang out with um oh my god they're called I can't remember what they're called like the jockey players back in the day but anyhow it was with known people my mom was she had this guy who owned the Tampa Yacht Club before back in the day, like after her, my mom was like and she was going to school and she was beautiful and she wanted to do better for herself. And she met this guy in a nightclub. (sighs) Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the influence was. You know what I mean? But he was a drug to her. Yeah, he was a drug to her.
1: Oh. Oh, Felicia, girl. So, okay. So you get out of this situation, um, you're in Miami, you graduate, you are now running from him, because um, he's moved on to follow you, you come back, you create a relationship with your mom for a little while, he comes back again, You're you. she makes a choice, mom makes a choice again, it's him over you, you move in with your grandmother, um, you go back to Roy's, right? Or you're, you begin working uh, at Roy's. I was at Roy's, yeah. Right, so you're working at right. Roy's, and you meet your ex-husband. Yes. You guys are married for 10 years. Yep. Two children. Two children. And then Dominic, of course. Yeah. So now you're
2: three children and your ex husband asked for a divorce. Yep. Asked for a divorce. Um, I was so stupid (laughs) at the time because everything was in his name. Um, The bank accounts, like everything, everything was in the name.
1: But you know what's so interesting is um, you said in the beginning that you had to break the cycle and it's almost like... It was like you had to break every little thing by like trial and error. Yeah. So it's like you get away from him and then you like have these stupid relationships and you find this man and it's, it's better, but it's like every time you had to get better and better and you had to learn like every time from your mistakes, because mm-hmm. these little simple things that seem so cut, co- like we, we should be cognizant of these things. Yeah. They, they weren't that way for you because of what you were raised in and what mm-hmm. you were,
2: um, what I had seen. Yeah. What I was, you know, a product of my environment. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I have divorced. So, he asked me for a divorce. Um, He lived with me for about four months, didn't pay anything.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. He asked you for a divorce and then stayed in the house for four months. Yeah, dude. And said, I'm not paying anymore. said, I'm not paying anymore.
0: With three Uh, children.
2: With three kids. And his mother and his grandmother in
0: the house. What? Yeah.
2: Because
1: you guys had just bought a
2: nice big house. Yes, my grandparents helped me buy the house. Mm hmm. And the house was in their name, because I couldn't.
1: So what were you thinking at this time? Because you just took a great job with Roy's, right? Yes. So you were you executive
2: chef, or I was no, I was executive sous chef, and I was the regional pastry chef. Okay. So I was two. So was you're spoke. in
1: two fantastic roles. Things for mm-hmm. your career are looking up. Yep. And at the time, you thought you were in a great marriage. Yes. You're a mom. Yep. Things are starting to make sense now.
2: Yes. And I was offered a position because I was I was no lie I was a little frustrated at Roy's. I mean. It was under you know & Brands, so it was a big. It was a corporate. Yep. And being a female, there was, there had not yet been a female chef, executive chef in that position. Wow. And I wanted it. Right. And they didn't. They were just like, nope. And I was more than overqualified because I knew everything like the back of my hand. Right. Sauces, everything was fresh. I mean, European ways. Everything, learning how to break down fish, and learning how to break down meat. And working the veg station, learning how to do sushi. I mean, I did it all, right? And I was like, all right, well, someone who used to work with me at Roy's offered me a position. He was like, hey, listen, they're looking for an executive chef for a new concept that they want to open up at where the old ceviche was at. On mm-hmm. Howard, excuse me. And they're like, they're looking for a chef to do, you know, Latin concept. And I was like, oh, okay. Me. Yeah, he was like, um, come and do um, the tasting. So as a chef, you have to do like a tasting. You have to create a small tasting menu right. of what your 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 best stuff, yes, stuff is. is and it's yours. Right. Well, dude, they fell in love with it. First try, they fell in love. He was like, this is like one of the best tastings I've ever had, and I was like, oh, I'm in. Thank God. I'm in, yeah. And I got the position. And during me getting that position, My divorce was going on. So you're literally being hired
1: on as an executive chef, which is your dream role.
2: First time. Mm -hmm. And you get hit with a divorce. I get hit with a divorce. Yeah.
1: How are you managing
2: all of this? Oh. And was there a part of you that felt like... The wrong way. I I handled it the wrong way. I was all fucked up in the head. Um, I started doing things I wasn't supposed to. I partied. I was doing coke I was out at drink and I was out at lodge I was <laughs> we probably crossed paths okay. <laughs> and you know I was doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have been doing um and I emotionally neglected my children right. never physically never but just emotionally neglected my children for a little bit and I'm I felt really terrible about that afterwards but at the time that's how I thought I was coping with things and not thought uh, that's just how I was coping with things. Right. Not cause it was the right way. Right. But I mean, we're and, not all created to know how to cope with things. No. And I was living in that house and I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to live in this house. Cause the foreclosure hadn't gone through yet. In the sense of when they're like, Hey, you gotta go. And, and that was your only way to get him out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, here I am. Well, we had bought a piece of property. So he took that house. Oh. And he took it and it was paid off for. I paid off for his car. I paid off in the house that he lives in. I was left with nothing. Nothing. With a fucking mess, basically. And, um, yeah. And I, and I m- not hooked up because we didn't, but I, I became friends with somebody who was a drug dealer. The irony. The irony. And he introduced me to a lot of shit. So you started making poor decisions. I started making poor decisions. And it was like, oh, no. It took me, like, probably a year to, like, hey, like, this is not going right for you. Um, I worked at Daily Eats at the time. And part of me, I never got, well, I got let go of that position. And I was like, you know what? This is... You're spiraling, like your mom. Yep. And I was like, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And little by little, I just started working my way back. And I got into Malio's and got into another position somewhere else. And then um, worked at Cine Bistro. And then I went back to Roy's. Well, actually, I I worked at... So before Cine Bistro, I started... um, I went back to Roy's. And I was doing meal prep. So I had lost a lot of weight because I always had issues with my weight. Me too. I was, I'm an an emotional eater. (laughs) Right. Like closet eater.
1: Mm. So, um. You've probably been using that to cope longer than you know. Yes. That was. mm -hmm, My whole life.
2: After my dad passed away when I was 16. That's when it started. Because my dad was my escape. Right. Going over to my dad's house. Did you ever tell your dad? He knew. Yeah. He knew about it. He knew about it. Um, but he, my mom basically kind of like wiped her butt with him cause they were, he was a lot older and she was just, she was just mean at the time. You know what I mean? She was just, she didn't give a shit. Right. Um, so, um, I went back to Roy's after, yeah, I went back to Roy's and during Roy's I had lost some weight and I was doing meal prep for myself and somebody was like, Hey, Um, would you do it for me? And I was like, um, I was like, okay. I mean, I don't see why not. At the time I was living at my mom's house and I was like, all right, I'll do this. And from there I grew from one person to six people to doing 200 meals a week out of my mom's kitchen. I always wonder how people do this out of their kitchen. Yeah. It had to be crazy. It was crazy because I would get up. So I was doing all the delivery. I was doing the shopping. I was doing everything. So I'd get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to cook, to deliver the same day, and then to be at work at Roy's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And to go to like, midnight, 1 o'clock. And to go to 11. 11 o'clock. And then midnight on the weekends, twelve, twelve thirty, because we were open later. Yeah, and I did that Monday, Monday Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, going back to Roy's the second time, I met my boyfriend, who is my boyfriend now. Wow. And he has been a lifesaver. So we became friends. He was always after me, but he never disrespected me. He always thought I was cute. And I thought he was cute, too. But I'm like, this guy's young. Like, I'm not gonna... You know, he's just another one. Right. What I thought. Right. Well... um. The gentleman who asked me to meal prep for him introduced me to this lady was like hey listen i'm going to introduce you to somebody she is really interested in opening a meal prep company um she is kind of like the business side and she needs a chef i mean and i was like okay i'll meet her oh my god it was at the time i thought it was like the next best thing she sold you the dream she sold me the dream she's like i know everybody from the books and i know people from the yankees And I have all these clients. I'm ready to to go. You just gotta cook. You just gotta cook. Easy. Easy. That's what I know how to do. And I was like, yes! My mom, my sister sent me a video the other day of my mom, of the last meal that I had cooked at her house. And we were like, yes, this is success. This is finally my break. Well, so here we are. Um, I never got to sign a contract. We did Meal Performance. Meal Performance did outstanding. I mean, we were doing, I went from 200 meals to doing like 3,500 to 4,000 meals a week. Did you have help? Oh, yeah. So Nate, came, so Nate came to help me. Who was working at Royce. He was working at Royce. Like and boyfriend. Met, so, yeah. so he left and he was like, hey, listen, I want to work under you. I'm going to learn under you. Can you teach me? And I was like, hell yeah, I'll teach you. So he came and he helped. and He worked for me. And then I had more people come. And I had about four or five people in the kitchen and then she handled the business side and we had delivery drivers so all I had to do was worrying about getting the produce and cooking wow and things were going really really well I mean we were we were banking I mean we were making serious we made like seven hundred thousand dollars in like six months
1: wow mm-hmm. yeah I always thought if someone did that like when it first started I was like somebody would blow this out of the water mm-hmm. that's how we
2: met Because
1: Chris was buying
2: those from you, and he's always told me about you. Yeah, Yeah. and my food was always phenomenal, not for nothing, but from having the experience at Roy's and cooking a lot of different cuisines, plus having the background that I had of being Latin, I mean, we did a lot. So So
1: basically people were getting Hemingway's and
2: Roy's mixed in a a dish for a quarter of the price. Yes, for (laughs) a quarter of the price, no joke. And the food was amazing, and it was fresh, because I was always about product. We made our own sauces. We made our own dressings. (sighs) Like we went the extra mile, and we always ensured that we were staying true to what really being healthy was. Right. Because there are a lot of companies that sell you these dishes and sell you the donuts that have the glaze and that have, you know, all the the artificial coloring and the high fructose corn syrup, all this. And we weren't about that. And shit just kind of started getting ugly. And she was like, oh, we have to, we can't do this anymore. You're going to have to cut back on labor. And I'm like, what do you mean? She went and explain it to me. We never signed a contract, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And thank God. <laughs> okay, thank God. Well, one day, she picks up and she leaves. Just picks up. Just, and we never see her again.
1: So, like, were you at a location where, like, the
2: door was locked when you showed no, up? No, well, we were in a kitchen. Uh-huh. We were in a kitchen, and the guy was like, what's going on? Luckily, he knew me. He saw, like, all the hard work I was going through.
1: Right.
2: And he was like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'll, now there's there's nothing else. She wanted me to work by myself pumping out all the food. And I was like, no. Hell no. Absolutely not. I can't make 4,000 meals by myself. Yeah, by myself. From up to sundown. And <laughs> to wash dishes and to prep it. No. I'm sorry. There's no way. And she started paying me less. mm and she took it. She took off with it. She took off with it. Nobody heard from her till this day. No one's heard from her. And Nate was like, "What are we gonna do?" And I was like, "I have no idea." Well, well, he, I went to Cena Bistro. He came with me to Cena Bistro too. And I started all over again. I started cooking out of my mom's house again. And he was it got to the point where i couldn't do it anymore again and he was like how about and i was like you know what let's do this i had three thousand dollars left to my name and i was like you know what i'm just going to take the leap of faith and i'm just going to do this you ready he was like yeah let's do this he worked for me for free for almost like an entire year no joke yeah with the meal
1: prep, so you go back the to meal the prep. meal prep. Service. So I go
2: back to the meal prep service. Quit Roy's completely, or quit Sinabistro. I'm sorry, and went to doing the meals. And we called it Healthy Gourmet. Right. And that was my concept. Right. My everything. I did everything at the beginning. I was doing delivery. I did, it. and then finally, I started getting delivery people. But I was hindering myself because I never had, I never had the funds to. You you know when they say you gotta make or you got to put money in to yeah, make money absolutely well I didn't have that money so you were making just enough to buy the food and just, break even and break even and put food on the table and during that time was when I was having a really rocky relationship with my mom so um she things were getting worse at home and she I left. That's when I got into a fight with my sister. Mm-hmm. You know where she hit me, and I was like, okay, I gotta leave because this is toxic. She was living in the same house, and um, and my mom didn't like put foot to it, didn't step, put her foot down, nothing. And I was like, okay, well I gotta go. So I left, and I lived, I lived with a friend, and then I lived, and then I started living with with Nate, and we got a house together out in Spring Hill. And, um, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyways, but so one day I come home and things got really hectic at Healthy Gourmet. And, um, I went outside, I did my things that I had to do with the boys, um, fed them. It was a Friday night, and I was going through some really tough shit with my sous chef at the moment at the restaurant because she was going through her own stuff, and it was coming, it was transpiring into the into, into my business. Right. And I was extremely stressed, so I smoked a little bit. Mhm. And it's almost legal. <laughs> I, smoked, I smoked, and then the boys smelled it. and They go back to tell their dad, and he calls DCF on me. What the fuck? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh god. And I'm like. So I tell my mom, and I'm like, listen, um, because I'm paranoid. I'm like, you know, he's always been, I've always been under the radar and under the microscope with this guy. You know what I mean? He's always headed out for me. This is your ex-husband, my ex-husband. Got it. So I'm like, you know what? I need to come back home because I don't want anything to happen to my kids. And right now, they're more important than anything else. And she was like, yeah, come back home. We, we made up. My sister was gone by then. So it was just my grandmother, her, and her husband. And the house was divided into two where it was separated by the kitchen. So I had my room, and the boys had their own room, and she was on the other side of the house. It was her her my grandmother and her husband. So um, I was still doing meal prep, and just shit started getting ugly. When um, things started to get better for me, it was like, the devil was coming towards me and God was putting me at a test to see how strong I really was. And well I feel
1: like that's your entire life. Like yeah, now now life. we're on like pitfall number four. Yeah. Like it's like it's like up, 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 fall. Like yep. up, 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 fall. And it's yeah. like I'm like thinking by time like screw up number three and it's not <laughs> on you, like circumstance, yeah. yeah, screw up, and I'm thinking, by then, you know, like, um, let's say I walk out of here right now, and I roll, I trip down the stairs, right? And, like, that's an accident, right? Yeah. So then we go down another set of stairs, and I do it again. I'm instantly going to claim that that's just who I am. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, I'm so clumsy. Like, this happens all the time. Like, yeah. that's how I'm going to accept that I did something more than once. Yeah. I'm thinking of you, and I'm thinking, just by, like, half of this stuff, I'd be thinking... This is the rest of my life. Yeah. My life is a series of screw ups that no matter when I try to do well,
2: I go 10 steps backwards. Backwards. Like that's... No joke. I'd be talking to God like, what do you want from me? Yeah, I was. And I was, I got really strong in my faith. And I remember it was Easter and I said, God, I promise you, I devote. I mean, I know I'm still going to be a sinner because in our thoughts, right? you know, but and I'm not perfect, but I promise you that I will walk in in your I will walk in your guidance. I will walk the path that you want me to walk. Just please. I need a break. What is going on? And then I started to question myself again. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? No, 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 no. This is not who you are. You've done this before and this is gonna be better. So here I am. I get and I finally established a really good relationship with my mom when I walk in. Or when I moved back in, because she was she had health problems, she lost some weight, because I got her in the meal plan.
1: Oh wow!
2: And we got to be really really close. And she met Nate, because she's me. She met Nate from beginning when I had meal performance, because he would come over. My friends would always come over, and that was kind. My mom really liked them and that kind of stuff. So she was welcoming and warming. She loved him, like absolutely loved him. So, um. And he had some hard shit going through himself. So. He was always there for me in that sense. And no joke, like, he is a trooper. So we, he was living out in Spring Hill. Here I am at my mom's house. And she, um, we get really close. He doesn't like the relationship again. The, The husband? The husband. So he's, so she would take care of my kids. One day, I walk in, and I had just dropped him off. Um, to his house, because he didn't have a car at the time, so I dropped him off, and I get back home, and I find him in the room yelling at my kids, and it was like a flashback, like when I was like six years old, I mean yelling red at the face, spitting out the mouth, and my mom was standing right next to him. And that was the first time when I stood up to him because him and I really didn't cross paths. I just didn't, I didn't fuck with him. I didn't want to look at him. like he wasn't there. I pretended like he was invisible and I just came in, did my job at leave at seven o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, sometimes, sometimes five, just depending when I had to leave and when I had the boys, because my ex-husband and I, we have one week on, one week off. So get up super early and get home super late. And that was my life the whole entire time I was there.
1: Right.
2: So I find him in the room screaming and yelling at my kids over something really petty, and I told him that if he ever would do that again, that I would fucking kill him in front of my mom. I was like, no joke. You're not ever, ever to step room. And I was like, how can you allow him? How dare you allow him to talk like that to my kids? I was like, that is not normal. She's like, oh, we grew up normal. I said, no, that's not. That is not how you treat children. That is not how. And you're not going to do that to my kids, my kids. She's like, well. You have two months to leave. Meanwhile, I had already made the phone call. Hemingway's was kind of like already in order. And I was like, okay, two months to go. I picked up and I left. And that's when we lived in a hotel for a little bit. And that's when I lived in my car when I didn't have the boys. We had moved in with somebody as well, who was a friend of mine and poor thing. She was going through her own stuff and her own marriage. And it wasn't healthy for us, so I left. So it was, it was still some instability, but I was still working towards my goal. Because I saw that light. And I was like, I have to. I cannot be this way. There's no way. I need my own house. And that's what I used to pray for. I used to pray for God. I don't want to become famous. I don't want to be rich. I want to live in peace, pay my bills, be able to do things with my kids, and have my own house. That's all I want. And I remember when I first opened up. My mom and I didn't talk at all. When you opened up Happy yeah, or when I opened up Happy Ways, we didn't talk at all. Um, that was tough. So you um, broke ground on your first restaurant, and your mom wasn't there. My mom wasn't there. Yeah, that was that was that was painful because she was always hard on me, right? You know, and comparison to my sister she you know coddled my sister but she always pushed me to the max right like talk about old school beatings she would beat my ass no joke (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. talk about chancleta she that was like her favorite tool no joke but um here i was at hemingway's and then nate and i established a relationship and he was there through the ugly and then i was thinking god would not put and man we have gone through some shit ourselves because i was like i was insecure and i was like why you know what i mean oh you were fighting a good man like that off yes yeah
1: i was there's no way i can't imagine you going through all of that and then welcoming welcoming a good man with open arms there's no way
2: no but then i was like you know what god put him in in my god put him in my way for a purpose this is the man. Like, stop being a bitch. <laughs> let this man yeah. in. Yeah, let him <laughs> in. But he went through the test of time and the trial, and he really proved to himself. And we weren't even in a relationship. Because, excuse me, he really helped me out with the boys. Like, immensely. Immensely. I've got and one. In the business. And I don't know how people do it.
1: Oh. Three? Three.
0: Mm-hmm
2: and he helped me out with the business he helped me out with the boys he helped me out with me cuz he would always talk to me and he was like listen you're built for something better you you know you can do this cuz sometimes i would break down and cry and i would you know i i was like i i, I just don't understand and he would, he was like you you know why don't die yourself you're an amazing woman you're an amazing mother you know god is putting through you god is putting this on, on for purpose you're going through this for for a purpose
1: if i have this plan that's this big for you yeah you can't have it until
2: i know that you're prepared to handle it i was yeah and i didn't realize that until now and i'm like you know what if the old felicia would have opened up the restaurant the way that she was seven or eight years ago i would have blown away the money i would have partied it and i would have lost it i really would have I would not have done what I do with my life now I would have been totally different I would have completely not have appreciated it and not because you know not appreciating it was just I wasn't mentally there emotionally mentally I was not mature enough Mm-mm. at all right so I had to go through all this in order for me to now where we're at now, ending the year with $2.1 million in sales. You know Girl, I mean? you can clap for that. You can clap for that. You're allowed yes, to. Yes. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. How many staff do you have? 25. 25 staff mm-hmm. cleared $2.1 million in sales mm-hmm. in less than a year.
2: Because your year yeah. will be this February 1st. February 1st. I
1: get the chills.
2: Yeah. I get the chills. Yeah. I'm so blessed. Like, now I have my house. I have a man who really loves me. You have everything you prayed for, I and some. I have everything I prayed for, and some. And a beautiful relationship with my kids. They each have their, they have their own room. I have a house where I can cook. You know what I mean? We just celebrated our first Christmas and our first Aww. in our house. That was amazing. It was amazing. I was able to travel last year. Um, I was able to give my kids a Christmas because there was a point that I couldn't give my, my kids a Christmas and I met some beautiful people along in my journey who um, were pastors and were still friends and they provided my kids with a Christmas and it was the first Christmas that I never could and I felt like shit, dude. I felt that was Was amazing. that last Christmas? Like not last Christmas. This, this was, the year before that. This was two thousand and six this was two thousand and sixteen, I believe. It's two thousand seventeen I, I was I was a little bit better and I was but two thousand sixteen I couldn't I grow any I have a pot to piss in. Honestly.
1: I just got the chills. Yeah. Two mm-hmm. years ago. Two Christmases yeah. ago. Yeah. No
2: Christmas. No Christmas.
1: Two point one million in sales.
2: Yeah. House of your dreams. Yeah. You're, you have
1: peace. I have peace.
2: That you, the most that was that is what I, I I prize the most. Like and I appreciate the most. It's just coming home and I have peace and I have a man who doesn't yell at me he respects me we have communication he loves my kids like and my kids adore him adore him we're not even married and they're like oh my god you're like the best stepdad it's amazing I love it I love it and I love the fact that they have a beautiful relationship I love the fact that I have a beautiful relationship that I know what true love is and you deserve it thank you and we're only and I'm looking to grow this year hopefully you know I was in a couple business meetings last year and I have had a a few people approach wanting you know to to expand to franchise but I don't want to franchise I want to keep it the way it is Um, I would like to grow into Miami into Orlando hopefully that would be my dream this year yes God's listening and 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 honestly move into California I would like to do go out of state because Cuban, this, what I created is something that no one has ever touched the market into. And then from there, I want to get back into fine dining, which is what I've always loved. You know what right. I mean? Right. This is something was, you know, when they told me, hey, you want to do Cuban food? I'm like, oh my God, I can do this with my eyes That's clothes. a break yeah. compared to what yes, I used to. absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, oh my God, finally, yes. I'm like, you know what? Yes. Because Tampa has lost that. Yes, Tampa for sure. Tampa has lost. You know, the Teresita, all these places were really, really great back in the day. But they've cheapened their product. Oh, my God. I love, less, I love that place. <laughs> I love that A lot of people like it. You know right. what I mean? And I don't blame them. It's, it's, it's cheap food. You get a lot. But the quality of food and the taste is totally different. Mm-hmm. I've had people come into the restaurant who cry and be like, oh, my God, this tastes like my grandmother's food. And then I've had some people who fucking hate it and said that it was the worst food they've ever had. And I can't. You know, you can't please everybody. You can't. At the beginning, they used to hurt my soul. I know. And I was like, "Oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, are you saying this?" But then again, twenty people versus one. You know
1: what I mean? What did it take for you to learn that? Because I think people, we have to learn to stop taking stuff.
2: I mean, we're in a we're in an era right now where everybody's taking everything so personally, way too personally. And I was like, you know what? I grew thick skin working at Roy's and I grew and I learned how to be patient. I'm like, I need to get back to that because now that this is mine, I took it the personal, I need it to come back home. Yeah. And it did. I mean, I, I used to read the first Yelp reviews and I was like, I used to be like super angry and I was like, whatever, Felicia, remember you can't please everybody like you out of, why would you get upset over one person? And, he, and it's usually Cuban people yes <laughs> and I'm like okay they're either haters right, or they're just bitter or whatever the case may be but you can't take it personal you really can't I mean there's so many people who love you there's so many people who love your product they come and tell me they write me emails you know what I mean and I and I love it I mean I've, I create, I've created a relationship with a lot of our guests you know they come in they ask for me we created, we created an atmosphere of, like, of, of just people, of warming and welcoming. And, and the food is the center of everything. Food right. has always been the center of everything. You know, it's, it's always the centerpiece. It's always the conversation piece. And, you know, and people come back and they crave for it. I have some people who drive from Orlando. What? Yes. yes. That has to feel good. It feels amazing. It feels amazing that it's your recipes that people are eating and that's what I always wanted. And you can see it. Working in the kitchen, they take the first bite and you see the smile on their face and you see their like the head nodding and they're like, Yes. And I'm like, yes. That's me. That's me. (laughs) I did my job. I did my job. My done my job is complete. Yeah. Oh
1: my God.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. I'm just
1: I just okay. So before we get into the end of this, I just wanna bring up one thing. Um I just want to make sure that we really hone in on, and I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, but I feel like everything you went through, and it's not to say you ever caused, most of majority of it was circumstance, right? Out of your control, from a young age to divorce to as an adult, a lot of circumstance. You look at you today, I mean, you have created the mo- one of the most amazing things for your life. Yeah what i want to point out is regardless of circumstance all these things happen to you it it seems like every time you finally got to a point where no matter what was happening to you you stood up and took responsibility for it oh yeah
2: i mean you have to accept what you did you cannot deny it because you're gonna live or even what you didn't do what happens to you or what happens because there was stuff left and right pulling you down like pulling you down. That was a devil. That was actually, you know, they have your good side and your bad side, or they say that that I believe, I really truly believe in it. Because I believe when evil knows that you have a really good talent, and wants to bring you down. And it wants to bring you down. And it wants to bring you down. And it wants to bring you down. And then you really have to hone into your faith and believe in God and keep strong that i'm gonna get through this i'm gonna get through this i'm gonna get through it and just really work 10 times harder you really do have to work 10 times harder and get back up over and and over over and over over again over and over and over over again because you can't and it's really true you can't succeed until you fail Mm. girl say it again
1: yeah you can't succeed until Mm -hmm. you fail and they honestly they say when the when the soul is evolving when the soul is like at, at this point of evolution which is like when your life's about to change is when you will face the toughest circumstances oh, yeah. then it's like literally part of the universe mm-hmm. like when you're they're like oh i've got this thing for you and i'm gonna change you a little bit and then all of a sudden the universe is like skirt yeah. not right now <laughs> like in order yeah. for you to have what i have for you on the other side of this you got to find how to get over it, get climb over under it. it, walk it,
2: anything. 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 Yep. But anything. It's, it's not going to be this easy. No. Because it's not for everybody. It is not for everybody. It is not for everybody, but it can be for everybody. Right. If they really believe in themselves and not use whatever happened in the past as a clutch in a sense, because that will bring you, that will keep you from evolving. You play the victim, you know. You know, Which I've, you could have had all the right to do. Yes, or even, you know, um, never accept the things that you've done. You live in denial. You know what I mean? And yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I did some things that I shouldn't have done. But it doesn't matter. I, I never cared what people thought. I kept on trucking because I had a goal and I had, yeah, I had some shit to do. Sorry, people. I, <laughs> I, see, shit
1: I, see, to, I see. I on see on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh no thank you for being so real this is crazy you're welcome
2: Thanks so, you for allowing me to be real i love it i i really do you know i i don't i couldn't be any other way honestly and i never cared what people thought about me at all because i was like you know what you don't know my struggle you have no idea what i've been you through. have no idea what i'm going through you have no idea what i've been through i can give
1: yep couldn't find a couldn't find one to give (laughs) yeah couldn't find one to give yeah so i just think of all the years of experience you have and everything you went through what what comes to mind immediately is the best advice you've ever received let go and let god Mm. Mm. okay Mm. let go and let god 100 percent. i feel like i'm accepting that right now yeah (laughs) um best well, not best. What advice would you give someone who might be going through some tough circumstances, has crazy big dreams? You know, I mean, I, I imagine you at 20 saying you want to own a restaurant. Somebody was like, ha, ha, good luck with yeah. that. Like they cost tons of money to invest in yeah. this, that, and the third. Like what would your advice be to someone going through something right now? And it, their dreams just seem so far away. Never give up.
2: Never give up. Um, never stop dreaming you know your dreams can never ever be too big but um never never give up honestly you can never deny and deny yourself of greatness because you never know what's going to be on the other side and just continue to work hard working hard is is something that a lot of people don't do you know what i mean it's um like you said at the beginning, you know, some people just expect it to kind of, like, give happen. it to you in hand. Right. And it doesn't happen like that. Granted, there are some people who are blessed right? Like that. But they never appreciate it. I've noticed that. Right. But when you really work hard for it, you appreciate it. You own you own it. You own that shit. And then you make it so much more better. You were ready for this. There was no other way.
1: Yeah. There was no other way that life mm-hmm. was going to go any other way. Mm-hmm. Like, because otherwise you would have been blocking your blessing. Yeah, This, this was... I, someone once told me, God will never put a dream on your heart and leave it in your subconscious and bug you about it over and over again if there wasn't already a plan for you to get there. Yep. No, it's so true. And it's just about you
2: persevering. And he knew, persevering. Absolutely. He already, he already mm-hmm. knew that this was going to happen. I didn't know this was going to happen. It was about you believing it. But it was about me believing in him and me believing in myself. Believe in yourself. Believe that you can get through this. Believe that you can get over that wall. I mean... If you give up, then how the hell are you going to know? You never know. You never know. Take the risk. Take that leap of faith.
1: The only people that fail are the people that never try. They never try. Absolutely. Girl, I bet you're a firecracker in that kitchen.
2: I <laughs> I, know I can tell. You're all <laughs> you know, soft-spoken. Yes. I'm like, girl, I bet you get it back there. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, I do. I have a chef now, so I'm kind of like a little bit not so much in the kitchen. I like... I I wanted to create a life where also I was at home with my boys, right? And I was home and being a mom because I never got to do that. Right. I missed a lot of their younger years having to work, and I worked like a beast. Right. And I was like, you know what? I I want to be, you know. I will go in. I go in the mornings now, and then I'm done by three o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. And I'm home with my boys, you know. At the beginning, we were eating out a lot. Now I, now I cook, because, you know, it's, it's just, I want to go back to that, you know, going back to being... It's never too late spending. to get back on track. Nope, No. Nope. Well, now we're pregnant. So Yay, yes, congratulations! Exactly like yeah. <laughs> baby number yes, four! Baby number four, after 11 years. I'm very excited. Congratulations. I'm very, very excited, yeah. Oh, thank you.
1: Well, tell everyone who has not experienced your amazing
2: restaurant, where we are where they can find you so we are at um 1910 north ola avenue we are located uh, right next to you lately we're on the river um it's a beautiful spot armature works there's nothing honestly there's nothing really like it i'm so blessed to be where i'm at um Hemingway's is actually right in front of astro ice cream which is the only dessert spot we have here, um, here at armature works and we actually have a bar, so we sell sangria, amazing mm. sangria, mm. and we have our own beer called Hemingways. What? Yes, it has, we have our own little brand, um, and we have a we have a, an amazing little bar where we seat. And then, um, dude, we sold we did 752 tickets last Saturday. That's not that doesn't mean like there could have been ten meals on one ticket. I mean, it was it's been insane. 752 separate tickets. Separate tickets out of 550 square feet.
1: Yeah. Insane. It's super insane. And you're just getting started. <laughs> just you're getting just started. getting started. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Listen, come check out yes. Hemingway's. Check out a bite of Tampa's most amazing Cuban food. It is. Worth every second of your time, and plus, you're at a beautiful location, mm-hmm. beautiful place to come on a Saturday or during the weekday for during lunch. The weekday for lunch.
2: Um, we're open for breakfast also. <sighs> Girl, we're open from 7 in the morning until 10 at night, from Monday through Thursday, Friday from 7 to 11, and on the weekends, we follow the hours that is um, here at, at Armature Works. But yeah, we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Felicia. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank, thank you for you. being so honest. God bless you and your thank family you. and your thank soul.
2: You. And thank you. God bless you. And thank you for allowing me to share my story. I love this. I really did. It was, it was a good release in a sense.
0: Yay! Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.